right. Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host, Rob Elba. It's wonderful having you all here with me. It's a lovely Wednesday evening, and I actually, I'm going to be fully upfront. I lied, I guess, on the last episode we did. The last episode I recorded was our patron curated episode, that song about a place got me eye, and I said that was the last one I'm doing in South Florida, but I lied because I forgot I have I have my guest now, and I'm sneaking him in because I'm not leaving for, in like two days, I'm flying to Los Angeles, and I'm starting my new life in Los Angeles, but I'm still in South Florida. So one more episode we're recording in South Florida, and I have a guest, he's in Michigan, and I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Ron Wade. Welcome to the show, Ron. Rob, how you doing? All right, how you doing? Now, Ron, I'm going to say right up front, which which is a, a lot of times I'll have a guest on, and it's not someone that I know, and I actually get to know them, you know, doing the episode, but Ron was, I, I guess Mark from a Bar None Records had gotten in touch with me, you know, he, I, I did an episode on the feelies. And he, he said, oh, that was really good. I enjoyed it. And, you know, we went back and forth. And then he mentioned that Ivy, that Bar None, was doing a 25th anniversary release of uh, Ivy's album, Apartment Life. And it, it would be cool to get someone to on to discuss it. And, yeah, I said, yeah, that's cool. And he put some feelers out. And so, Ron, how what's your connection that he ended up coming? Hey, I have this guy, Ron Wade, that <laughs> could talk about it. What's your connection? I'm probably the most annoying guy on Instagram who kept saying, I really wish you'd reissue Ivy's apartment life on vinyl. Oh, really? So are you the, the reason that Barna Neck uh, Records finally re-released it? No, I, I can't. I would not take credit for that. But I will say that when I started my Instagram account, which is, um, you know, basically dedicated mostly, 90% of it is vinyl records right. and music. Right. And... I spent a lot of time in the 90s working for a local music magazine here in Michigan, and I had access to a lot of different types of music and a lot of concerts and stuff. And Ivy's Apartment Life is one of those albums that, you you know, when you hear it, it sticks with you so much. And it was in that time in the 90s where vinyl records was basically you were importing them from other overseas. There's not a easy way to get them in the U.S. Right. So I had Apartment Life on CD like everybody else. And when I started my Instagram account, you know, God, like eight, seven, eight years ago, I started, you know, thinking, God, would it be great to have that on vinyl? And I had eventually, I've been mentioning every time I would post the apartment life CD, I would get people in the comments saying, Hey, I remember that band. They were great. They were so great. Yeah. This would be great on, on vinyl. And so I mentioned it a few more than a few times <laughs> and on Instagram. And at one point I had tagged Dominique and Adam. And I think I don't know if it was bar none, but I had tagged them. Right. And Dominique actually had replied the direct message saying we wish it could happen, but we don't know if it's ever gonna happen. Right, right, right. So fast forward a couple of years later, and it happens. You know, unfortunately. Adam's not here to enjoy it with us, but right. you know, to see that it came out, you know, I was really glad. Yeah. So that's, so that's cool because yeah, basically, yeah. He said, Oh, well, Ron's this vinyl guy. And yeah, Ron, that's all I have written down for you. A vinyl guy, music lover. Right. So that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to describe you. Right. 
pretty accurate. Pretty yeah, accurate. Vinyl guy, music lover. Yeah. All right. So you. All right. So let's get into. Obviously, spoiler alert. We already gave out what we're discussing. We're discussing what we're discussing. The band Ivy and their album Apartment Life, which I'm going to say right now is new to me. I mean, I knew uh, Fountains of Wayne and I knew Adam Schlesinger. Well, I've been saving for a custom I did not really know this. This was not on my radar. This is their second album, right? Came out in 1997. Right. And uh, yeah, so this was new to me and uh, completely different. All right. So so my first question is, uh, were you a fan of Fountains of Wayne already when you discovered Ivy or did you discover Ivy first? What's your... uh, I discovered Ivy first. You did? Okay. Okay. And I discovered Ivy completely by accident. Um, The magazine I worked for we were sitting in the office and we have, if you remember back in the nineties, especially magazines that specialized in music or entertainment, the record companies just ship out CDs left and right. You get these piles of CDs every right, day. Right. Right. And we had an intern just literally, literally would stack the new CDs up on the shelf and they would sit there. And when you felt like you wanted to review something or you got quiet in the office, you put a CD on, you listen to it and you thought, well, if you like it, you might listen again. You say, Hey, I want to give this a review. It's really good. Or you kind of just said, eh, not my, not for me. Right. I'll see if somebody else wants it. And that time of the that time of the nineties, you know, radio, you know, the the grunge and the alternative movement had pretty much, you know, it hit. It became big. It immediately becomes co opted by you know ad agencies and right. It's all everywhere to where it just becomes pop, popular music as opposed to alternative. And on the radio, all I was hearing, you know, were things like. You know, Marcy Playground and hanging around downtown by myself, and I had so much time to sit and think about myself, and then there she was. You know, Goo Goo Dolls, and I'm not, I don't want to to speak ill of those bands. Right, right. It started to be a kind of homogenous again, like what Alternative was allegedly trying to get away from. Right, right. my headspace was that I'm just listening to all this, this, you know, kind of same music. And I look over and I see this CD. I'm like, oh, I'll pop it in. Let's see what's... I put it on apartment. And immediately, immediately, the minute I hear the best thing, I just go, my eyes just like, whoa, this is different. And I immediately just say, okay, I want to hear more. And so I play, and I played the whole album through it. And in the office, every album is kind of walking around going, what is this? I'm like... A band called Ivy. Right. And I, I go, Dibs. Meaning I get <laughs> yep, you got it. So, um, so I reviewed it and I look up a, a few weeks later, they were coming to town and I go to the, the concert. And actually, I don't know if you can see this, but this is the set list from the show and the ticket stub from the show. I oh, saved nice. Them. All right. So he is, we've established Ron is a little bit of an obsessive type fan. He has the set list from when he went to the show, but that's awesome. That's great. He's I, keep, I keep things. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And the date on the show was actually in Detroit, Friday, April 3rd, 1998 in Detroit. Wow. That was the first, the first and only time I saw Ivy. 
Yeah, because what happened? They, they got dropped. See, that's that's interesting that you bring up that whole thing because, yeah, it's true. That's what happened. Like, all of a sudden, these labels saw, oh, okay, well, this type of music, we can make money. But they would get these bands, and if the band didn't immediately out the gate have a hit, they would just drop them. And you listen, like, I'm, you listen to this album, and you go, how, you know, what, what label would drop a band after putting out an album like this? Because it's so good. Absolutely. It just, it was mind boggling. It was literally just, it cut through everything and it was a breath of fresh air. And it was, it was one of the the rare albums in that time that I would play literally every track, start to finish. When you put it on, you're playing every track. You're not just going to go grab the singles here and there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, like I said, this is, you know, I'm, as, as happens a lot of times, people bring in something. I was brand new to this and yeah, I was blown away. At just all right. So first, uh, tell who the band is. Like who who's in the band? Um, Adam Schlesinger. Adam yeah. uh, Schlesinger, Andy Chase, yeah, and uh, Dominique Duran, and um, yeah, and uh, all right. So everyone everyone knows uh, Adam Schlesinger, and also I guess so. Adam and Andy Chase uh, had wrote had written and performed that thing you do for the uh, for the film. The same you doing that thing. Uh, is uh, was a you know was a great songwriter was in Fountains of Wayne Wayne so so wow but this you just discovered this and and uh, and you just fell in love with it which is easy to do because there's a lot all right there's uh, one of the things uh, that I noticed right away is just how well put together and and what care was done in putting this album together because there's a lot there, there's a lot of instruments right there's a lot going on but it's all done so well absolutely and you can really hear on the demos i was so thrilled to get the demos over at record store day and you can hear that these songs were pretty much done before they even got to the studio for the real thing oh wow okay and you can hear you can hear that you know okay these are great songs even without additional horns like on ba 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 right and, right know, the horns are great Baker, there's sorry, great Baker. additions but yeah at the end of the day at the at the end of the day they're really they're, they're just really great songs which yeah they they're just really good uh songwriters they're really pop you know i i guess maybe you i'm, I'm sure you listen to all different kind of music but just in looking at your instagram and stuff you definitely lean towards the power pop maybe thing that's that's like a, a big thing in your wheelhouse right yeah, definitely. Power pop, um, female-fronted bands from the '90s tend to be in my wheelhouse. For oh, okay, reason. okay. I, I tend to like like those bands a lot. Right, and um, and yeah, it, and it's interesting in me just reading about it how they sort of came together. Um, and I guess uh, Dominic Duran wasn't even that interested in being like the other guys. Uh, they were interested in having a band right and being successful. She didn't have that much interest in that, right? No, no, she was quite the reluctant. You know, front person. Right. See, they had to basically go get her out of the alley on um, the day they were doing their showcase to perform for the record label because she didn't want to do it. <laughs> I'm really glad she did. Her voice is so unique, so powerful, and it's a tool that, you know, you hear it instantly. And you think of the artists from the 90s like, you know, Dolores O'Riordan or Shirley Manson have these voices that are just iconic. I'm
is up there too. It is one of those voices. The minute she says the first note, you know it's her. And it is unique and it is powerful. It's unique. And yeah, it's interesting also that you use the word tool because one thing I noticed, which is not a knock on her at all, but it's really the way she doesn't over sing or anything or anything. It's really like she's another like the final instrument on these songs that sort of brings them to life. But it's very under it could be very understated at time. Just her delivery, because that's her style and that's her delivery. And she's got that, you know, French little French accent and everything. And it's all very it's all very pleasing to the ear. But it's definitely not overpowering, you know, like this powerhouse singer that's going to take over the band. It's not that it's really like fits in with everything else. And and that's probably I imagine that's why they, you know, thought she would be good to sing their songs and and sort of, you know, bring them uh, to life because it would be a completely different album if there was someone else singing it. Yeah, it's this this European cool. And it's it's very very melodic. It's very smooth. She's not over. She's not trying too much. She's not. No, no. I would almost say, yeah, I would almost say it's the opposite of that. It's understated. And sometimes I'll be honest, when I first listened to it, my first maybe two go throughs the record, I was like, not totally convinced because I'm thinking, I don't know if she seems so uh, detached. I don't know if she's really, is there any emotion in there, any feeling, but no, then by the third go through the songs start to get under your skin and you realize, okay, what she's doing is actually perfect (laughs) for this music and for these songs and her delivery is perfect. And it makes it, uh, as you said, unique and sets it apart from uh, other singers and really has her own style that really sets the whole thing apart and really works really well with it. But it was something I had to just sort of, you know, uh, get over myself and think, oh, well, is she really, is she too detached? But it's like, no, I, once I got over all that and just enjoyed uh, the, the music, you realize it's, it's, it's great and uh, it's uh, perfect for what they're putting across. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So let's start listening to this album. It's, yeah, it's great. And also, as we go through the songs, I'm, I'm sure, Ron, you noticed this too. Uh, you, you know how some albums you feel like they're sequenced with care, like the sequence is a big part of the album and you can't, it wouldn't be the same if you took it out of the sequence. Absolutely. This is, this is like the perfect mixtape. <laughs> right all together the perfect ivy mixtape so in, in one album all right let's listen to the first track the the one that got ron hooked the best thing Yeah, 
what a great opening track and what for me what a smart opening track because when it first starts you think it's one thing and then the chorus kicks in and then oh it goes into this completely different place which which the the whole rest of the album kind of lives in those two different things uh and it's and it's just great right yeah, that ebb and flow from the slow melodic sound. You're thinking, okay, kind of mellow, and right, then right. <laughs> when it kicks in, you can't help but bobbing your head a little bit. Oh yeah, Ron was bobbing. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we don't do the video on the uh, podcast, but Ron was indeed uh, bobbing his head up and down, like I'm sure you've done hundreds of times to this album. Yeah, it is. It, it is like the is the ultimate hook. You know that hook just draws you in, and yeah, after, yeah, after hearing that song. You're going to wait to hear what track two is. Exactly, exactly. And let's do that. We've got track two, and let's listen to a little bit of I've Got a Feeling. I like those two lines right there. I've been watching the world pass by all around me. I've been letting the days go by until you found me. I feel like that's kind of a recurring theme on this uh, on this album. Yeah, and you know, I heard this album when I was in my early twenties, and I'm picturing I had never been overseas at this point. And I, when I started hearing this song, I started thinking of that it was a woman who was kind of you know unsure about what the next move is, kind of watching things go around. I, I just got this feeling that it was crafted as someone wrote the lyrics of, as like a story and maybe the song came afterwards. I don't know that. Right. But right. that's what when I'm listening to it, that's what I thought immediately. Yep. And with this being the second track, this is kind of like it's almost you almost feel as though Dominique's talking to, you know, a a boyfriend or a friend that's, you know, in front of her and you just kind of get transported and you kind of want to know what's next what is she going to do you know how this feeling you you feel that she is feeling some sort of emotion and un- uncertainty so yeah yeah and then uh, all right so now we and then we go into third track this is the day which i don't know did you know i'm, I'm sure you know now but did you know at the time uh that it was used in the comedy there's something about mary <laughs> yeah well so so when we go see the pre- something about Mary premiere happened. The magazine I worked for that I did the review for this album with, they gave us tickets to the premiere when it debuted um, here in, in the city. And I go, and when that scene starts. Oh, yeah, you were probably freaking out. <laughs> when it plays, 
I, I don't know if you see the meme of Leo DiCaprio pointing at the TV from. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most time in Hollywood. That was basically me going. That was you. I know that song. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and, and I was really, I, I was really excited because I love that movie. It was hilarious, and I thought that its presence in that movie would catapult the album. Right. I was excited, thinking that, okay, there's no way people are going to hear the song, and this hit movie that everyone's seeing. And it's not going to become a big hit, right? You know, I was I was naive thinking psych. about you know, <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. I was naive psych. thinking about the record company in in those days, but I was really excited. I was glad for them. Yeah, yeah, and and it's great. And uh, on this one, yeah, it's got some. It's got those horns we were talking about that give it a real bright feel. But they sort of run counter because the, the lyrics are kind of dark and kind of sad on this one. Yeah, uh, it's just too This is. Yeah, like like I said, the horns in that just are so great. But you said so you got the record store day the demos of this. So does the song kind of hit in a different way a little? Does it hit darker, like more immediate? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. And I I always say that you know I when I first hear a song, I'm thinking I'm listening to the melodies usually. I'm not listening deeply to the lyrics. Right, right. And for a long time, the lyrics of this song just went over my head didn't think i didn't think about it right and one one day years ago i started a list i started like really paying attention and i thought wow this is actually pretty pretty dark the demos i don't think it hit harder because I, I was already in that space at that point now right. thinking about right, it right right but if it if it hit if i list the demos first i can see how definitely it would have been even more haunting yeah, in a way. But uh, but uh, but I'm also a big fan of the uh, juxtaposition of doing it, of giving it that bright horn sound and then having the dark thing. I, I am too, and I one of my favorite, my other favorite artists is um, Belly and Tanya Donnelly. Oh, okay, and, yeah. You know, Tanya, Tanya Donnelly's me, Belly's melodies are upbeat, poppy, jumping up and down. You're you're power pop, and when you dig into the lyrics, it's just. Yeah, she was in uh, throwing muses. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, right. But yeah, and the fact that they chose this one as you know track number three, which you thought they put it in the movie, you thought it was going to be the big hit on this set list when they they open when they showed they opened with it. Oh, okay, okay. And taking a song that's that upbeat but has that dark message or that those dark lyrics behind it, it, it was it was a choice that. I did not notice at the time until it was years, years later. Oh, okay. 
But uh, all right, so I was going to ask you. So that's yeah, that's kind of sad. So you you obviously already loved this band, but that was the only time you got to see them was that time. Yeah. But you, uh, I'm assuming it was great, and you were <laughs> blown away. Oh yeah, it, it was a tiny place in Detroit called the Shelter, which is the basement of St. Andrews Hall. So I don't know if you've seen the movie Eight Mile, where where Eminem has his, his rap battles. Oh that's, okay, okay. That was supposed to be the Shelter, which is this this basement uh... venue. Okay, nice. Small and cramped and, you know, but it was a great place to see bands. It was a great place to see live music. And seeing Ivy with, you know, they had the horn section and Adam's in the corner. with the, Oh, with the really? And, really? Yeah, they, they had a horn section live. And oh, it was, nice. It, the stage of the shelter is not large, <laughs> so they crammed everybody on the stage. And Dominique really didn't have much room to move, but it, it sounded fantastic. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Um, all right, so we get uh, really, uh, really great lyrics in this one. I love how this one starts out. Uh, uh, let's listen to a little bit of Never Do That Again. Cats on the carpet. The phone doesn't work. I hate when it's quiet. It means that you're hurt. That's a really great way to open a song, you know? Yeah, that that, that sets the tone so well in it. When I heard this song, I, I immediately related to it because in relationships that I've had, if you've if you've ever dealt with depression or ever dealt with um, a partner that you're with that was struggling or you you knew they were hurt and you really couldn't make it better. You, all you could do is just be there. Right. That's why I always thought this, this song was, was what it always re- reminded me of. Oh. It reminded me of those times where, where I'm hopefully be, being of some use or some comfort, or I'm just being, I don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> right, right, right. But this song, it sounds it sound like that, you know, that she's talking to, not really to anyone, just to herself. Right, about right, right. She's watching. Yeah, matter yeah. of fact, like I said, that was kind of, I feel like that's kind of an underlying theme in the whole record. And these matter of fact things become very uh, powerful. Yeah. I was saying, think about, you know, the fact apartment life. I, I didn't even think about the whole, the fact that if you're in a cramped apartment, you yes. can't hide those emotions. Yes, yes. You know, <laughs> the person you're with sees this, all of this is going on. So that, that right. also tied into it. And again, I think about this years later. I don't, I never think about it as I play the record. Right, I just, right. You just enjoy and, it. Yeah. And, you know, the, 
when you ask the artists, you know, the artists maybe think something entirely different. Oh, that doesn't matter. We don't even care about that. That's it, Ron. If you <laughs> listen to this show or anything, that's what we do. We come up with our own things, and that's and that's all we care about. <laughs> yeah, and, and how we interpret things, and it's, you know, it's how, how how we grow with it. That's it. And uh, also, one thing uh, that I just wanted to point out: the way th- the sound of this when it starts, it sounds very modern. Like this, this could have been put out. This album does not sound dated at all. Like you wouldn't no. know. You could you could tell someone, "Oh, this is some new band that just came out," and there was no way they would not believe that. <laughs> Absolutely, I think that that's the genius of, of Adam's songwriting is that he he knows how to write timeless music. Yes. He gets timeless music that sounds like it was made 50 years ago or sounds like it was made yesterday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um which is yeah, when we when you cover when you listen to other albums from the 90s, that's not always the case. Some no, albums oh, for for better or worse, they're just like, "Oh god, right away you know." They are firmly placed in the Yeah, 90s. yeah. Um also uh, just there's a really cool a good a guitar solo that I'll play a little underneath in the middle of this uh uh, really because there's just like, like i said at the beginning there's so it's so well put together and everything everything is where it should be as far as uh musically they just you could tell they really it did uh, such a meticulous job on this and like i said i just can't i can't get over the fact that the label you know would do this album and say nah there's there's no hits on it <laughs> that's it you, <laughs> you guys are done next <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's crazy yeah, well, the record industry you know <laughs> They have a lot of misses on their on their their record. <laughs> I know, right? They're always catch up, always playing catch up. All right, let's listen to this next track. I get the message. So, Ron, this song right now, I feel like exactly what you were talking about before. This is it once again, because she's sort of right. She's talking about being with someone that's uh, depressed and, and like she doesn't know. Yeah. Do you know? I'm just curious. Do you know anything about this? Like she's referencing her brother. My my brother says I can't live in the past. And they mentioned they reference someone named Christian. Do you know anything? Is this about anyone real or do you know anything about that? Unfortunately, I don't No. Um, OK. Like I said, I. <laughs> I tend to internalize the interpretations for albums to myself. And yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> and like I said, if I, if I talk to Dominique or, or, you know, if Adam or anybody, 
if they were to say what the song was about, it would probably be completely different than what I thought. It would, and it would, it would probably ruin it a little for you because yeah. you're better. Yeah, whatever you get from it. And I, I kind of like that. I like the fact that maybe it is just they're just you know throwing these things out there, and it's if, if it's not a real person, but it does definitely put you in a place where you kind of know what they're getting at, and and you get the the feeling that they're conveying. And and once again, you've got this very up happy sounding music but with this little right. dark uh underbelly underneath and, and that's one thing that's fascinating about the whole songwriting process that i've always wondered about that I, as a fan watching it you know f- you know through documentaries or whatnot i love it when basically artists will admit you know i've got this little piece of an idea or i've got this thought or this these two paragraphs and i'll just see if i can drop them in for now as placeholders right and they built something else around it <laughs> I love watching things like that. And I, I don't know if, if they were, it was designed that way, but, or if that was just something that it fit, fit the, you know, the rhythm structure, but yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's a great song it, it was gr- and it's a great placement within the album too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Like I said, I'm definitely a hundred percent that the album is sequenced like so great where it is. The whole album is this little story that you have to take from beginning to end. Yeah, because the tempo jumps up on this one, and then you know you, you get the next track. I, I won't. <laughs> Baker, no. Well, Baker, I would say this may be my favorite song on the on the whole record, Baker, and it's one of these songs that's very cinematic. And you, Ron, would you agree the whole album as a whole is kind of cinematic? Yeah, it, and and that's it's kind of ironic that it is because you know Ivy's most Ivy's success came from license through commercials and movies oh right right (laughs) so it's it's perfect someone saw it someone saw that maybe that it was cinematic not the record company but at least someone (laughs) yeah that is so cinematic and i I gotta make one note that maybe i'll let you play it first before i say okay yeah let's listen to it and then we'll discuss baker understand while he's falling apart it's never too late it's only too hard yeah yeah and and those horns and the strings like i said it's very cinematic yeah it, it immediately like just puts you like in this uh, dark film noir movie from like the 40s yes and, yes exactly you know you're you're walking the streets at night with the cigarette smoke and fog and when i gotta say when they played this live 
And shout to Alan Rubin who did it on the on the album. But I don't I don't know who if he toured with them. When they did it live, you could hear a pin drop. Oh right. Because he because it finishes with that great trumpet at the end too. Yeah. And they did this after they did the best thing. So it literally followed the best thing. Right. And I just remember everybody just kind of stopped and mesmerized it. And it's like suddenly the shelter goes from this alternative club to this jazz club. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And you got the brush drums and and then the trumpets so ringing so clear and loud. It was just, that's one of the moments where I was like, oh, I'm so glad I came to the show. Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that great when you go, and I don't know, are, are you still, are, you're probably still good and go out to shows. It's like, it's so oh sad. God. I have to like drag myself out to shows, but I'm always, I'm usually happy when I do, but it's like so hard. I, w- I went to one on Sunday, and let me tell you, I paid for two days. I had, I had to turn down a chance to go to a show Tuesday night because I was just exhausted. And right. Like, I have a late night Wednesday. I have a late night Thursday. I just, I yeah, can't. Recuper- that, that's the thing. The, the yeah. re- recuperation time is, is so much more as you get older. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see Belly in um, October. They're playing in New York. Oh, nice. In Boston. And I literally think about, I got to start working out just to get ready to win <laughs> Be in the mosh pit, or be just to see front. them, just to be a spectator. That's great. Yeah, just do that. You can't do pogoing anymore when you have bad back. No, 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 no. So, all right. So this next one, you don't know anything. Here's something I'm gonna posit to you, Ron. And I don't know. I I could be totally uh, full of shit, but for me, a lot of these songs have a very Britpop feel to them, and I, I think it's <laughs> this is a fun experiment. Listen to this. You don't know anything, and imagine uh, Liam Gallagher singing. Instead of her, just, <laughs> just for fun, and it could be an Oasis song, I think. But uh, let's, you see that? <laughs> yeah, let's listen to you. Don't know Think, Ron. I can't see Liam doing that one. <laughs> no, no. All right. Well, I'm no, not no. saying it would be better. It wouldn't because she's great. She's great and she's perfect for it. But I don't know. Just especially the opening with the guitars and stuff. It just to me, it sounds like could be another. definitely the, the crunching guitars. I, I can see it. You know, I, honestly, now you mention it. Yeah, that would definitely be something that would fit perfectly along if like Echo Belly and um, you know Pulp. We're playing on the radio, and then you play that song. Right, right. Yeah. 
I could, I could see them fitting perfectly alongside. Okay, me. well, let's throw it but, out there. When Oasis do their inevitable reunion, which you you know they will because they're going to make, they could make so much money. There's no way. Eventually, they're going to give in, even though they hate each other so much, Liam and Noel. They're going to give in. I used to think it was going to be inevitable. And I said, there's too much money involved. Right. Now, I think, I, I think, I, I have heard that they have turned down significant <laughs> sometimes like, there's just too much hate and i always joke with my friends though i say look when oasis does if they do reunite we are going to the very first show because there will not be a second yeah right that's smart <laughs> that's smart uh, getting, getting back getting back to getting back to you don't know anything the demo knocked me out because it's an instrumental Oh really? Oh, okay. It, it's basically instrumental. It, yeah. I, when I listened to the, the demo for the first time, I was just like, "Wow!" It sounds. I mean, it's different. It's the same song, but different. Right. Right. With I love it with I love it with lyrics, but after 25 years hearing it one way, to hear it a completely different way was very. Um, it was fun. It was like it was like having that that feeling of discovery again 25 years later. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that. And I feel, yeah, this one especially, I feel it's very uh, British sounding, like very Britpop sounding, like I said. And still, and and yeah, like like I said, very modern where you can't tell when it, uh, when it was done or when it was made. And that's really uh, a testament to them. One of the things I'm curious about, I'm wondering, then there's already been a tribute album to Adam Schlesinger. I've got that one, um, Saving for a Custom Van. It was a tribute album that was done after Adam died. Okay. And a lot of artists covered um, songs and a lot of Ivy songs, a lot of Fountains of Wayne songs. And I wonder how long it'll be before somebody decides to cover that song for you know another generation right 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 not at the tribute album like actually putting it on like their album right right I wonder, I wonder when it's gonna happen because you know um you don't know anything especially you know with those guitars yeah it's ripe for a, a remake okay well kids you heard it first you heard it from ron that's <laughs> That's right for the. It's right, right for, for the, the cover. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so here's my question. This next one, ba ba ba. I'm, I, I, I had to bring it up at some point. I'm assuming you're a fan of Stereo Lab. Actually, no. No. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I, have, I have a hole. I have a hole in my music knowledge that is Stereo Lab shaped. Well, I mean, me too. We had a uh, a guest come on a couple years ago, and we did a Stereo Lab album, and I know Barry really loved them, and I wasn't that familiar. But all right, Leticia Sadier, there is a similarities somewhat in their uh, delivery and the fact that they have French accents, right? Right. Okay. All right. But they don't, but you're not, a, that, that's fine. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That you know, I had a lot of friends that like dots and loops. I just, ne- I, I've always had it like, oh, I should write this and that. And it's always something else can happen. I just, no, that's fine. You're allowed, Ron, you're allowed to like whatever you like. I joke that I have a group of, of artists that I'm going to discover in my 60s and 70s. Right. So myself young. Right, right. So yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, so you got something to look forward to. All right, but let's, uh, but it's still, it's a really great song. I, I, I really like this song. Let's listen to Ba Ba Ba. Mm-hmm. 
Dominique uh, just wants to sleep. Just let her sleep. <laughs> but I, I love that. You can talk all night. Why not let it die? You want to be right. I don't want to fight. We've all been there. We could all relate to that, right? <laughs> exactly. We've all been there. And the fact that, you know, she's able to sing it in a way that you're sitting there thinking, you're nodding your head, you're bobbing yes, your head. Right. You're also, but you're also going, yeah, you tell him. Right. Yeah, yeah, girl. I, I get you. I hear you. <laughs> Quick story on this one, though, is that Liz Fair's recent album, Soberish, when I got it, I looked at the track list before I put it on the, on the turntable, and one of the songs was Ba Ba Ba. Oh. I'm, I'm like, no way. It's not. Oh, it's not. Oh, well. <laughs> Lost opportunity. Missed opportunity, Liz. <laughs> yeah. For a moment there. But what's funny is that until I just looked at the set list again, I realized they didn't play it. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was wondering, like, hmm. that's great that you, I still can't believe you have that set list. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, you know, for some reason I would grab things around the, the, the shows and I never threw them away. Yeah. I, no. I, I, had, I moved a few times. I'm thinking, eh, do I need to keep them? Like, sure. <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, 10 years later, you realize, Oh, wait a minute. This is actually a piece of history. <laughs> it is. Well, Dick, make sure you actually make sure you take a picture of that and send it to me so I have it so I could, uh, okay. so I could it's share on Instagram. it. I, I posted. I, I'll, it's on I'll your Instagram. It. Yeah. Actually, Ron has a pretty happening Instagram, which we'll share. We'll share it in the uh, show notes. All right. So, uh, this next one, it's got really, again, really great lyrics on this one that I, that I feel. Uh, this is new Get Out of the City. lines everybody's angry it's hard not to be lazy it's a bad time to have work to do i just feel those lyrics so <laughs> hard that that just it is 
summer heat wave, 100 degrees, and it's Thursday afternoon. Yeah, we, yeah. Why, we why do we have to work? We have to, do I really have to go to work? <laughs> yeah. You, you, you just want to, you want to leave. And this is one of those songs that literally when he starts, it puts you in that, that summer mood right away. Doesn't matter. Middle of winter, cold. I hear it. I'm like, okay, I got to turn the fan on. It's, not, it's 90 degrees in here. <laughs> right, it's, nice. It's one of those summer days where it's, it's light at 10 o'clock at night and you just really want to leave and go somewhere else. Right. And everyone's miserable because they can't sleep because it's too hot. Yep. All right. Oh, so, you know, one thing we didn't mention, I guess we should, that Andy Chase and Dominique Duran are a, a couple now and they have some kids together and so they ended up together, which is nice, right? Yeah, it's very nice. And I think it made things move faster with as far as the whole reissues. Oh, because okay. Right. They're, you would think they would be on the same page at least, right? Yeah, you think they'd be on the same page after, <laughs> after 20 years. Yeah, you would hope so. That's awesome. And it's nice that, you know, they can keep Adam's memory alive together and they can do this and do this reissue. And I I think I heard on another podcast, I heard her speak on another podcast and the, I think it was, I don't know if it was Kyle Meredith, but somebody asked if, you know, is, is there a chance that you may actually sing again? And she didn't rule it out. She didn't say, yeah, okay. It's gonna okay. <laughs> but she, it wasn't an immediate no. Right. So right. Right. I can hold out both. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice. Um, yeah, but this is just, just a nice, uh, sweet song here. This is, uh, these are the things about you. sweet song right yeah and then but then it brings you into this next one quick painless and easy which is another i say there's at least two vaguely suicide ish songs on this album this was not vague at all (laughs) right yeah yeah right that's true that's true yeah which is not something you'd immediately pick up from you know as we said from the music but uh yeah it just brings like a little heaviness to it all these are the things about you. You know, I, I feel like that was like a little, almost like a little palate cleanser. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's so time to talk, you know, in these close quarters with this person, it feels like that's the one where it's kind of like, okay, these are things I like about you. Right. Right. You, 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 you know, <laughs> before we get to. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, it takes a turn. Yep. Let's listen to quick, painless and easy.
Debbie, uh, one last smile and you're gone. Step out over the edge as if nothing is wrong. So, Ron, you said, like, initially you're just listening to the music and the melodies, but is this one, I mean, that you kind of got... Because one thing I appreciate about Dominique is she's very good at... She sings these words where you could... You have no problem knowing exactly what she's saying always. Right. And uh, this, this was the one one where I, I knew right away. What right, it was right, right. The thing about it, and I, I don't know, you know, a lot about your personal life, but if you've suffered through any kind of depression, any type of depressive episode, it's one of the things that, that thoughts that goes through your head is that this will be quick. Yeah. This, this won't hurt. This will yeah. be, this will be easy and I'll be, and all problems will be solved, which of course we know problems are multiplied by that. You're yes. hurting people that, that you're leaving behind and, and it's so important to get that help. But sometimes when you are in your own head, you start thinking these thoughts over and over again. And it's, it can be devastating. And, right, right. And if, especially if you're watching one of your friends that's going through this, or you know they're going through this. And it, it's, yeah. Oh. It was one of the songs where it, you know, I, I love the album all the way up through it. And so I, and I got the quick painless and easy. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was one of those, it, and it, it never stops you though. You know, it's sung in a way that you, it's like, okay, I understand the style. I understand what they're doing. Right, right, right. And I still want to hear more. But also, yeah. And also, so thank God it's not the last song on the album too, because, right. Uh, right yeah. Cause it might be a, a downer. It would be kind of a downer if it was the last song, but no, now we got back in our town, which is really sweet. Cause for this, I feel like it's basically just remembering like your first and maybe only true love, uh, you know, or at least that's what the, right. that's what the person in this, in this song maybe is experiencing. And it's just like kind of a really sweet closer to the album and uh yeah and and it ties everything up in a nice little bow let's listen to you back in our town I like I, I just like the fact that she's you know everything is all right that it's kind of uh, that it's kind of an up uh, resolving song but Ron I I don't even know you that well but I'm guessing that you 
appreciate. I love how the beginning of this song, they sort of bring you into the whole process. Like you hear them, you know, the, the fact that because up till now, it's just like this thing that they're presenting you, this perfectly produced album, but they're sort of bringing you into it at the end. You hear them sort of, you know, easing into the song and you hear that they're in the studio doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I like those little, um, those little bits of the behind the scenes that make it into the album. Yeah. I like, yeah, right. I like hearing the countdown or hearing somebody off mic who's maybe saying something really quickly before right. you start. Those are, those are great. But we talk, you talk about this album being cinematic, just those opening strains of that guitar. That's, that's like in credits. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. You can see, you can see that, you know, okay, you know, the two people have, have met each other again. They've reconnected or something. Yes. And you can kind of see the, the starting to fade the black. And when you're listening to it, like I was listening on a CD and I got to it, that song, and I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, man, it's over. Uh. I was like, <laughs> kind of sad that it was the last song. Right. It's definitely one of those songs that you can totally appreciate. Yeah, and it's great. And you know what? I'll I will say I don't know, Ron. I don't know if you. Uh, I'm of the opinion like a lot of al- once they came out with a CD, a lot of albums started to have too many songs on it. I felt like bands because they because they had more room on it, they put more. And I appreciate the fact that this initial album had these twelve songs, and I feel like it makes the perfect album. And they could have, uh, you know, they could have put more and and they actually did because the 25th anniversary has these two extra songs and and they're right. they're really good they're they're both really good songs they're great but you know what do you know do you think they fit no no the, the album they, is perfect just with these yeah. whole songs i when I, I was so excited to hear the two new songs and they're great i love right. them of course but when you i went and listened to them first and then i went back i had apartment life and then i listened to apartment life again all the way through them the two new songs at the end it's like these two songs they they need another album. They yeah, yeah, they're album. they're extra, which is great. And and everyone, I should say, everyone, you should you should go to Bandcamp and search for uh, Ivy and uh, Barnon has the vinyl release, which has these uh, 25th anniversary, which has these two extra songs, which are great, like Ron says. But yeah, yeah, I think they really, I, I think they really paid justice to it by just having these perfect. It was it's like perfectly sequenced, and these 12 songs just make the uh, really great album. Right. Hey, can I make one more note about, about this album? Of course you can. Okay. Of course you can. I don't know how, how, do you read the liner notes for all of your records? I'm not, uh, Ron, I'm going to tell you, and you may be disheartened <laughs> to hear this. I'm not a record vinyl guy. I mean, I have a music podcast and I love records. And when I grew up with records, but I'm, I'm not in that world anymore. So I, I used to, when I was younger and I had albums, I would read everything and pour over them, but I, I don't do that anymore. One of the little things that I, I noticed about this, this record too is that it was mixed at um, at Fort Apache Studios. Oh, okay. Cambridge. Yeah, Gary Smith's yes, studio. Yes, yes. And Gary Smith, we, we recently lost Gary Smith as well. A That's right. Ago. That's right. But Gary Smith, as a 90s person, I think you'd appreciate this, the best liner notes I have ever read for any piece of music was Gary Smith's liner notes for the Death to the Pixies album. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So... If you get a chance, you know, I, you know, I see Fort Apache Studios on, on Apartment Life, so I had, I had to mention it. Right, right, right. No, 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 that's great. And that's uh, iconic. If you get a chance, read the liner notes for Death to the Pixies. Okay. 
I will. I'm going to actually seek that out. Of course, I'm going to. He, yeah, he he summarized the '90s so well and so so great. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Well, he would be. Yeah, he would be one who who would you would think would be able to do it. But uh, oh, that, that that's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to seek that. Um, yeah, so Ron, this was great. Like I said, I didn't know Ron from Adam. I didn't know who Ron was, and uh, <laughs> he was a great guest. And yeah, this is really a great album. Like I said, you should definitely go to Bandcamp. Uh, you can get it. That's what I did. Got the 25th anniversary edition with the extra tracks. Uh, thank you to Kevin for turning uh, Ron on to me. And Ron, I'll put your, uh, we'll, we'll have some info on there. You, uh, you, you definitely, Ron has a really fun uh, Instagram account. And you have your discog. You can look at his discogs list because he's obviously still <laughs> looking for vinyl, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that's another story I'll tell you another time. But I sold, I sold 90-something albums that were autographed. You put the down payment on my health. I we'll want have them you back. on again, and we'll definitely go over that. Thanks, everyone. Don't forget, uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at, at That Record Got Me High. Also, that Facebook group got me high uh, on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, it's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. Don't forget, most important, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Become a patron. Our latest patron episode, uh, that song about a place got me high, is really fun. You should check that out. Uh, Ron, yeah, this was awesome. You were a great guest, and it was fun having you on. And this absolutely is my last uh, episode that I am recording in South Florida. I'm leaving next time you hear me. I will be in L.A. I probably have a spray tan and a Botox and be wearing sunglasses. I don't think so. Hopefully not. But, uh, and dating a Kardashian? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, Ron. You never know. But uh, thanks again for coming on, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Rob Elba. We'll see you next week. We're out of here.